0: Good morning, or good afternoon, or good evening, whatever the hell you're listening to this. You're listening to Fat Unathletic Nerds talking sports, and Sports Pod with Dad Bods. This is Jack Knife alongside Zach Daniels. How you doing, Zach? Now I'm doing great. Yeah, you didn't really get a good pop on that one for some reason. Uh, I don't know. Maybe the viewers would, or listeners would have heard it better if you held the, near the microphone. No, it didn't even pop really though. That was a weird part. It just didn't. It just didn't make it. It didn't make it. it was like, you're like a little <laughs> <laughs> I was trying not to make that joke, but you beat me to it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, for those watching on video, we're not doing the normal setup because Tommy Joe isn't with us. I mean, he's kind of in recovery mode. He was just at Pocono. If you saw our Instagram story a few days ago and you know watched the video, you'd see Alex, him and Alex Reckless made an appearance twice in that video. I don't know if you saw it, Zach. I did see it, and... They look like they had a great time, as usual, with these NASCAR trips. I mean, it looks like these events are super fucking fun. Oh, he, he bombarded me with, you know, like, just concert videos from, like, in the infield. I'm like, this Oh, yeah, shit. I know. He had to be hammered. <laughs> uh, it, was, it looked so freaking cool. Oh, it looked awesome. And he's telling me, like, next year, man, next year. I mean, every ounce of my be- being wants to say yes next year, but at the same time, you know we got weddings coming up and and hopefully a honeymoon and you know he understands he understands No, well it's all planning that's all. You just got to find out when to go and you know well for the most part you know when the races are so it's not hard to say like all right can we do this can we do that you know it's scheduling. It's, it's scheduling. So, yeah, we don't have our audio engineer. We don't have our camera guy. So, uh, me and Jack—we're doing it the old school. Way. Very, very—the uh, early, fu- the early fun days. Yeah, the very intimate uh, setting here with just one microphone we're using. So, <laughs> I hope this—this this should sound good, though. We're, we, yeah, we're, I, te- we're, I tested it before. So. Yeah, yeah. So we should be all right. Yeah, we should be all right. But you know, today's uh, or tonight's episode, we're kind of doing you know a little different. I don't know why the light just flicked yeah, right I saw there. That, yeah, you yeah. saw that. But um, you know, there's not much to really talk about because I really don't feel like going into how awful the Yankees are. Like, I feel like even if they get Cody Bellinger, you know, why would you guys? Why wouldn't we? Or no, why would you? I? I don't know. I mean, like they're just so far back. Uh, yeah, no, I, I I'm kind I, of in the mindset of it, like just sell, sell, sell. I mean, am I crazy? Is has anything happened on the MLB trade deadline front? Not that I know of. I haven't seen. I have not seen any. Nothing has broken. Nothing has – I have push notifications on for, for the MLB app for, like, just overall news. I have not gotten a single one that has, like, oh, like, no Shohei Otani, no Juan Soto, like, all that. It, it's like everyone just talked about it and nothing's happened. So, <laughs> I mean, I guess – our teams, like, gambling on the fact that, like, maybe he'll be a free agent? Maybe, like, get to keep all of their assets? I don't know. Because something I've, I found out recently – you can't trade draft picks in the MLB. Oh, well, I always knew that, but I, Colin Colin Coward should have known that before he went on the air, is what I. Well, he's like a big talking head, and he didn't even know that, so that makes me feel better about myself. But yeah, Brian Cash Brian Cashman, you know, Yankee Stadium has a short porch in right field. He's a he's kind of allergic to. to getting, you know, these lefty power hitters. I mean, I get not wanting to be overly reliant on it, but holy crap, yeah. get hitters who can hit in your ballpark. But anyway, that's all I really got to say about that. And, you know, it, as far as hockey goes, you know, silent so, kind of dead of the, of the offseason. Relatively silent, but something that's really not a surprise, Patrice Bergeron announced his retirement. You know, I am sure I've or told that name for a long time. Yeah, Stanley Cup winner, he gold medal winner with Canada. Right. I can't even. I don't think I could even count on one hand how many Selkie trophies he's won, but yeah, one hell of a career. I think if Henrik Lundqvist is the first ballot Hall of Famer, which he is, then I think Patrice Bergeron hmm. is the first ballot Hall of Famer too. Was it, what other team was he on? Just the Bruins. A, he was wow. always. A that's a, that's always something to... I feel like that adds to the mystique of a player. Like you know, it's it's you want to be loyal to your team, but also sports are business. They, they, these teams are run like a business, even though they try to run like a team. It's still a business, still a game of contracts and money. And it's kind of impressive when anyone stays on a single team. Kobe Bryant, Derek Jeter, like, these names are synonymous with those teams, you know? Yeah, and as much as I hate the freaking Bruins, like, organization as a whole, I'm like, you know, Patrice Bergeron's like just one of those guys. That's a Bruin. He, He's a Bruin. And, and he was very classy, too. That's good. You know. Boston is uh, known for being classy. <laughs> totally not being sarcastic. <laughs> and any Boston fans who are watching or listening, to this are looking at your Phillies cap and your Eagle shirt and are like, Zest a freaking Philadelphia fan." Yeah, you don't like that shirt, don't you? You don't like that, do you, Logan? He's a New England fan. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're, you're wearing Phillies Eagles. I'm wearing the Jets Rangers because they're really the only they're they're the teams I have like the most faith in. You know, right. I don't. I don't think Rangers are a cup contender this year I still say they're good they're a yeah. they had they went bargain bin hunting I don't know if you heard you know a week or so ago no or no two or three weeks ago when I talked about you know the moves they made in free agency oh, with yeah. like the little cap room they oh, yeah. had they got a lot so it's like you know listen they're just biting the bullet on this this year coming up you're talking about the Rangers right the, the New York yeah, Rangers. yeah yes. no I mean this is like you're talking about the Rangers. Come your your talk of the Rangers has morphed so much in just the two and a half years we've done this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it was in so, a good way. I hope. in a good way. No, it's in a great way. It was like it was like we suck. We we aren't good. And then the next I think year, you're, I think you're thinking more Dan Dan Man there. Maybe maybe I I feel like both you guys are on the more negative side there. But in the in general, like um yeah no, it seems like and, and look, they're in the playoffs two years in a row. They went to the Conference, Conference final. They had a... they In a trough t- in a tough first round this year. And you know, and they realized, you know what, this coach isn't gonna do it. hmm And now they're and like I said, they realized developing players was a problem for them. And, you know, they got yeah. some coaches and you know, like I said they've got assistant coaches who like with with a good background in developing players, all that kind of stuff. And two th- two two more hockey points, and then we get to the point of this episode. Mm. One uh, I wanted to do. I do want to go more into just broad NHL off season. Mm. I'm gonna save that for an episode of Cutting Edge. I like I said, I'm gonna to talk to my friend DJ Sabedo, William Patterson, hockey legend, probably the smartest guy I know. Who when it comes to hockey, even though he's a Devils fan, but that'd be neat. But yeah, cause I like want to talk to him. Like who made the best moves, who had the worst off season, all that kind of stuff. Right. And two, and I remember we one of our earlier episodes. This. This was after the Rangers fired, or James Dolan fired, John Davidson and Jeff Gordon after the Tom Wilson incident, if you remember that. Mm, yes, I do. And I was just like, oh no, James Dolan's getting involved. You can look how that works for the Knicks, but honestly, James Dolan was right. <laughs> Chris Drury, I think, has been fantastic as general manager one other than like maybe one or two moves okay no general manager could be perfect but not only that no you look at the moves the Columbus Blue Jackets made I mean they got a good prospect pool too but but especially looking at the Montreal Canadiens I'm like in the moves Jeff Gordon made this draft when all these great forwards were available and I'm like yeah I'm getting Vitaly Krafts off Leah Sanderson flashbacks looking at that I'm like you know what I could do without Jeff Gordon. Chris go. Promoting Chris Jury was the way to go. Yeah. So what? Uh, so what? What are we doing? Because we're we kind of are like winging it. Yeah, we, winging it today. Yeah, we didn't prepare so, any notes. We, I mean, we're we just, got we got a. Well, what were you gonna say? I mean, we're just doing like fan submission episodes. Like I posted on our Instagram story the other last night, at the time of this recording. That you know. We want to hear from you. What, what do you? Do you want to talk what about? do you want us to talk about? And there's I saw some answers. What um, what are they? What I I think I, I think I, there's one that I know that I'm very invested in. Yes, one of them's kind of timely because tra- I almost said Charles Barkley. Sa- Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley. I guess took a bridge here with the Giants. A one-year deal, if I remember correctly. What was the contract details on I that? Think, yeah, I think it was one-year. I remember, I mean, it was either that or he signs a franchise tag. Um, damn, we are not prepared. But <laughs> the point is, he was going to gonna potentially hold out. And they ended up signing him. Okay, but first, this is, this is the topic we're going to talk about. Submitted by Nick Hassel. My brother. Running backs not being paid. I think ultimately what it comes down to is the position isn't really being utilized as much as it used to. Running backs tend to not have a good shelf life anymore. That's the short answer. Yeah, so um, I I think there's some truth to that. But also, I can't blame these guys for wanting to get paid when everyone else is getting paid. And especially guys like Saquon Barkley. Uh, Dalvin Cook, for the most part, I think injuries kind of hurt him. Zeke's production fell off, but Zeke Zeke is, like, way up there on Cowboys, like, numbers-wise. Like, he's on the list of, like, one of the best running backs the Cowboys ever had, which is insane to think about because he was only there how long? Like- I don't know, but my wife's uncle, I, I guess that makes him my uncle, was, he's not... Uh, he liked Tony Pollard better than Ezekiel Elliott. Well, yeah, because again, the, he's the younger guy. That's the thing. It's like it's a trend that's been happening where the younger guy comes in, and you beat one guy to you beat one guy to death. Just give him like 200 carries a year, and then you know his contract runs out. You just let him go, and then someone else picks him up for scraps. But like then there's guys like I think Saquon Barkley, and I hate to say it because I. I don't think he deserved to be the second round, uh, the second overall pick in the draft. Yeah, you almost never see a first, a, a first round pick used. On but I gotta back say, anymore. I gotta say, the only reason I don't think that is honestly because he got injured so often. Yeah. Now, when he's on the field, he is the Giants' offense. I'm sorry, I was not afraid of them last year because I thought it was cute. When Giants fans thought they were going to come in to Philadelphia and beat the Eagles in the playoffs, and they thought they had a chance when you know their backups were in and Jalen Hurts was playing, whatever. I was not afraid. I am not afraid of the Giants. Careful, my only, wife will hear you. I was only <laughs> afraid of Saquon Barkley. I've seen Saquon Barkley actually kill the Eagles. He was actually very good at killing the Eagles. I think Zeke was also very good at killing the Eagles, too. I think good running backs are awesome, and I think some guys, there's just not many bell cows anymore. There's just no, like, Le'Veon Bell, he squandered the bag so hard in Pittsburgh, and I think that started this trend. I really think that started this trend. Well, I think any, any running back who wants to follow in his footsteps should talk to him first, because you know why? He regrets doing that. Yeah. Like he said in an interview, yeah. like that was the worst decision of his life. No, it was. And, I mean, because here's the thing. No offense. it, it was the different, It was a different Jets team. He went from the Steelers, who had an line. awesome offensive line. He had Big Ben at quarterback, uh, plenty of weapons. The defenses that team was actually pretty good for the time being, even though Ben was like kind of petering out. He went from that to not playing, and then joining the Jets, and 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 it was a Jets team that basically had no like a weak offensive line. It had Adam Gase at head coach. It had. Sam Darnold again. I, I don't want to give a lot of blame to him, but judging by how he's looked, he ain't that good. You know, like he he went from a great team or a good team to a bad team, and it and he suffered for it. And and guess what? And guess what? The Jets still gave him the ball like three hundred fucking times. I swear to God, like how how many times it like catches and and rushes? How many times did he touch the ball that year? And he did not even come close to how good he was on the Steelers. So. It's a it's a conundrum where guys like I like I think Barkley and Cook and Z Ze- and Zeke uh, Zeke's kind of petering out. Who's another guy that has? A, oh, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry. That guy's the Titans. That guy's the you've you known he's from comics. He's the juggernaut. He is the juggernaut. He is a Mack truck on a football field. It doesn't make sense. And I know, yes, he's also had injury issues. I'm but like at some point, I don't know. Can the Titans, like, not look... I don't even know who their backup running backs were. I have no idea. You can... Because it's it's so common to have, like, two... Like, one A, one B. Yeah. Two or three running back... The the, the Eagles often go by running back by committee. If Brees Hall didn't get hurt this year, the Jets would have done that with Brees Hall and Michael Carter. And that was... It was going... Carter was having a good season up until Brees Hall got hurt. Michael Carter... uh, And here's the thing. I think Brees Hall could be in that tier that I'm talking about, you know, he just got a. You He's know, it's so unfortunate. fast. It's unfortunately suffered an ACL injury in his rookie year. And he that was... was the downfall of that Jets season in my you were opinion. Looking, you were looking at... The Jets were looking at three players that could have won rookie of the year. It's Which is insane to think about. And the fact that it would have been like Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson really fighting over that offensive rookie of the year option. And I like, it sucks that he, he got hurt, but... The thing is, Brees Hall seemed to be like the all-around guy. Michael Carter was a guy that comes in and you could, you could swing him out and pound him up the middle, but like at some point he's going to get caught. Brees Hall's like the next level. Michael Carter is that one A or, or I mean a one B or like a number two guy compared to Brees Hall. But that's the thing. Like, what's Michael Carter going to do now? Like, uh, especially because now there's rumors that the Jets could get get Dalvin Cook. I'm like, do you need to do that? I mean, I want to have faith in the young kids. That's... I, I, if you could move, I, see, that's, that's where I go. If you can move Michael Carter and you can get Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall is going to be fucking phenomenal. I, I love that. I think, honestly, it's funny. I wish, I do wish the Eagles paid Miles Sanders because he had a fantastic year last year. His first year in the league was good. Second and third were uh eh, I think wait is he on his third or fourth? I don't remember. All, all I know his first year was good. He had like a, a lull, but he was still solid. He had like we would just break runs. He's super fast. Yeah. And then this past year he was just phenomenal. And then he kind of kind of petered off in the uh, in the playoffs. And Kenny Gainwell stepped up. So now we have Kenny Gainwell. We also had Boston Scott. He's mighty massive. He's five foot six and like he can squat killer. He can squat six hundred fifty pounds. And you have to, if the Eagles play the Giants and Boston Scott is still on that team, you better put a touchdown scorer bet on them. All right, you better put a touchdown scorer bet on Boston Scott. I'm I'm saying it now. I've missed out on him a couple times, but every time I've I've put him down, he's always scoring a touchdown against the Giants. So, yeah, it is kind of a disposable position. But I don't know. Some guys, I think, do earn the bucks. I think they earn it. And and what I read was it was one year, eleven million, with a two million dollar signing bonus. I think is what I saw, which ain't bad, huh? I mean, mean, believe me, I'm not I'm not gonna make that amount of money in my life. I'm, I'm, Dave Portnoy, help me out there. <laughs> well, fuck, fuck me on that. You know, but. but yeah, but I guess that basically answers that. But you know, speaking of the Jets, you know. Quentin Williams got his bag. Now defensive linemen, they they get their money, exactly. and they deserve it. You know, so yeah, and that and the Jets are going to be on hard knocks again. First time, hey, last time they were on hard knocks, they went to the AFC Championship game. Just saying. I mean, I think there's going to be a lot less drama this time because the first time was during the Darrell Revis holdout and, and Rex Ryan, right? Yeah, yeah. It's automatic. It's automatically fun th- to watch. I feel, yeah, I feel like Robert Sala is Rex Ryan, the charisma of Rex Ryan minus the baggage, if that makes sense. I, I would just call it, he has charisma minus the cartooniness. That's a good, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> like, that is a good way to put it. Let's get it. a fucking snack or whatever he said. <laughs> let's right? go we get a to, goddamn yeah, let's snack. Let's go get a goddamn snack. That's what it was. Okay, this one was submitted by me just because I did want to talk about this cool. with you. Cool. Over half season in, how are you feeling about MLB's rule changes? You know, the shot, the, I almost said shot clock, the pitch clock, larger bases, the banning of the shifts. Zach, your thoughts first. Uh, Okay, let's go through each one. Because there's been multiple changes to the rules in the past couple years. And there's one that we will always point out because we have to. But we'll talk about the ones that are new this year. Pitch clock, I like it. I think maybe we can add a second or two on. But overall, everyone was complaining that there's going to be tons of <clears throat> violations. Yeah, you get some. But, like, get used to it. Like, th- these these pitchers have to get used to it. Sorry. You, you're not allowed to just walk around the mound, you know, get on the mound, and then walk around again, pick off move, like... You're waiting like, we used to wait like three minutes for a pitch sometimes, depending on who. I love Aaron Nola. He's having a bit of a down year because he's not used to this pitch clock. Because when when base runners get on, he's great, he's great in the windup. When he has no one on base and he can just wind up and throw a pitch, he's good. But the moment someone gets on, he used to have a little thing where he would take his sweet-ass time, he'd pick off, he would just really work the time. And now he doesn't have that time. And guys just have to get used to it because everyone else has. Hitters don't seem to be affected by it. Right? I, I haven't. I, well, I mean, of course, there's violations there. There are some that are questionable. Some guys are like, what the fuck are you. You know, it also seems to depend on the umpires, too, their discretion. It seems like different umpires call different things. So that one, that's the, that rule is the one that I would say I like it. It may need some tweaks. The bases. The size of the bases, I don't even notice. Love really. it. So many stolen bases now, and and that goes yeah back when to you the put it yeah when you put it that way, you know, because you know everyone's just like, oh, I hit the ball over wall a bit of a bigger base that leads to you know more of an incentive. Hey, you have a better chance of reaching the base, steal bases. You know more small ball. I don't get me wrong. The home runs great. I want to see some small ball. Oh yeah. no! And one of the funniest things that come out of these rule changes was the MLB promoting rule, the rule, the new rule changes in a commercial where Buck Showalter and Daniel Vogelbach... <laughs> Daniel Vogel, Vogelbach. Daniel Vogelbach. Oh, yes. Danny Bogus. He's, st- he's standing on first, and he's like, they made the bases bigger. That means I have a better chance to steal. And Buck Showalter is like, he's not going to steal, is he? And they're like, it's all in their heads. I remember this. Yeah. So I thought that was brilliant. Um, so the stolen bases thing, but not only that, along with the pitch clock rules... I'm a little bit skeptical on the two pickoffs I think per batter or something. That um, one I didn't even—I don't even remember hearing about. That's that oh, that's a thing. So basically, if you have a fast guy, if say Trey Turner from yeah. the Phillies gets on first base, which has been rare this year for some fucked up reason, when Trey Turner gets on first base, one of the fastest players in the league, he can take a big lead. Someone can pick him off. Okay, he's back if he gets back safely. Takes a big lead, gets picked off a second time. Okay, guess what? He now has the green light because that guy can't pick him off again. He can just take as big of a lead and as long as that guy he that guy has to go to home plate now. Yeah. Through throughout the at bat. So, it's a little interesting, but at the same time, guess what? Now that now the whoever the catcher is is going to be like motherfucker like you really got like he's going to be at the he that gun better be like warming up as he's waiting for this pitch cuz he knows there's going to be there's that's where Ronald Acuña Trey Turner uh who else is fast in the league? Just speedy guys are going to be taken off, cool. and it's and it's working. I mean, more stolen bases. We we used to have guys that would get fifty plus stolen bases a year. Up until this year, we hadn't seen like more than thirty. I swear, like none. And that's more fun. I'm okay with the 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 band shifts. Um, it doesn't doesn't seem to make a difference, honestly. I mean, all right. So I basically agree with you one hundred percent on the. The basis thing, because yeah. now that right. you pointed out, right? The band shifts. I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of like a boomer on this in the sense it's like, all right, because baseball players tend to have this caveman mindset. I hit ball over wall. It, I if I was a pole hitter and they kept shifting on me, eventually I just start bunting to the opposite right. side each right. time. It's like eventually you're gonna right. stop stop bunting on me. But at the same right. time, I feel like that's just you know. But again, players don't know how to freaking bunt anymore. It seems like yeah, that, that too. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's how the way I always thought of it too. But now, like, there's still there's still shifts going on. Though. Yeah, but they're not as extreme, right? But at the same time, it should give the it should that having shifts should give the players an incentive. Hey, I'm going right. to learn to hit the opposite way, like not completely Derek Jeter inside yeah. out my swing, but like do something so that you know I could I could have a much Better spread chart, if that makes sense. I agree. Like, the Aaron Judge, I don't remember what year it was. He didn't hit a home run to left. He's a righty. He didn't hit a home run to left field till like, late summer, early fall. Left field? Like, his like side? Like, a pole. Yeah, his side. Really? Hmm. Yeah, that goes how yeah. strong he well, is. Well of course. You know, he's 6'8 and, like, 250 pounds, right? Like, he's huge. Yeah. And as far as the pitch clock goes, like... This is my thing. People like to complain about the pace of the game. I mostly hear that from people who don't watch baseball and still don't watch baseball. Right. I kind of like... I kind of like... I didn't mind the slow pace. I mean, bottom of the eighth, two men on, down by a run. You know, I kind of want b- at-bats like that to take like 20 minutes just because like, the anticipation. But at the same time, you've seen Field of Dreams, right? Yes. Do you remember the scene when... The rest of the White Sox showed up in the yes, cornfield, yes. and Ray Kinsella is just sitting on the bench, and like it's just a 20-second shot of him, just sitting on the bench, just taking it all in. Like baseball is a game, like I love to just take it all in. If that makes sense, it's not like hockey where everything's so fast, everything's so in your face. But okay, tell me where you disagree on this. I, I don't really disagree. Yeah, I mean. That is definitely a boomer take because boomers can't let go of the past. It's to me, I get it. I one hundred percent get it. The thing is, what's funny what's funny to me about the argument is people were like, Oh, it's just not the same any same game anymore. It's like, no, it's literally the same game. They're just moving a little quicker. And here's the thing, people were like, they didn't need a clock back in the day. And you're like, Yeah, you're right. Back in the, the day game was played different. They just fucking played. They didn't do all these they didn't. They didn't take all this time wasting, of like, like three pickoffs before throwing a pitch, and then, and then the batter stepping out every single time to fix his cup. Fucking, chain, like, I remember Bryce Harper had, and I love Bryce, and it was so funny. He would mess with his gloves. He mess with like something on his shin, and then he'd do this thing where he like bent his knees weird, and I still think he does it, but he sped it up. He. And by the way, he didn't have spring training. Bryce Harper came back from Tommy that's John right. and was immediately in the game and was hitting, and he's, like, batting over 300, I think, right now. Maybe not. Maybe slumping. But point is, that's what good players do. They pick it up and they run with it. Or they or or, or they struggle. They figure it out. Like Alec Mano called Garrett Cole a cheater and then became absolute dog shit. Yeah, dog shit. And, and people were saying it's because of the pitch clock. Well, guess what? Get used to it. And what? He's 23, right? He's like 24. He's pretty young. He was great last year. Just get used to it, man. I'm sorry. It's working. The games are not going three and a half hours. They're going two and a half or less. Yeah, because when I went to the last episode I recorded with Tom, we went to First Energy Park or whatever the hell they call the ballpark that the Blue Cross play at now. Right, right. You know, for my cousin's birthday. The game was over in like two and a half hours. I'm like, oh. Oh, well, you have to go home now? That kind of... That kind yeah. of... St- I mean, I don't like that. I mean... I, uh, well, but why? But why is that a problem? I kind. Of, I like to take in a baseball game. I Take like, it in. Get there early. Get I, your we, stuff. We did get there early. This is, this is why you should also tailgate, too. You tailgate, you eat, you drink, without having to pay the vendors. And then you go in and you just sit there. Maybe get one drink. But Noah's 25 years Yeah. Old, okay, so life. he's still pretty young in, the, in terms of baseball, but don't know take it what do you mean like take like like i don't understand like how much do you need to take it in do you need three and a half hours of absolutely nothing going on because that's you just need an extra hour of fluff like i don't know it just seems it just seems like we're really we're really nitpicky here but i I get it i get it i don't like that like games just kind of zoom by if it's a pitcher's duel yeah but at the same time i like if you really like baseball you like a pitcher's duel. I watched Zach Wheeler take a no-hitter into the eighth inning. I didn't mind the fact that the game was going on within, like, an hour and a half at that point. Like we were, in, And the game ended up, guess what? The game ended up still at, like, two and a half hours, which is, like, their max nowadays. Because I had, I saw a walk-off in the bottom of the ninth. Hmm. Like, I still had an awesome gaming experience. So, I don't know. That's, uh, I guess everyone, different strokes for different folks is that kind of what it is. But that's just the way I view it. All right next and final topic from joey thunder what is the most underused position in football honestly i'm just saying this off the top of my head i feel like it's the tight end position in the sense that like i feel like they really don't get any targets unless they're like travis kelsey or rob gronkowski's type of players the most like the most i've seen the jets thrown to a tight end was back when Mark Sanchez was their quarterback and they had Dustin Keller. And Dustin, well, yeah. Dustin Keller wasn't a unicorn, but he was a solid tight end. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, there's a good point to that. I think I, it's, it's because it depends. It feels like it really depends team to team on that one because if we're talking underused on the offensive side, um, I mean, yeah, tight end probably would make the most sense, but the thing is it depends on the tight end you have. Yeah. So, like, let's let's take... From my experience as an Eagles fan, alright? Because we had Zach Ertz, One of the best tight ends in Eagles history. He was a receiving tight end. He was notoriously known. He got better as he was I remember on. screaming at the TV that Super Bowl versus the Patriots. That's a touchdown! Yeah. Oh, yeah, he made it. And he also... Even better, he had a, picked up a huge fourth down. I think earlier on that drive. But, um... In general... Zach Ertz was receiving tight end, not a blocking. Very notorious for not blocking. I I vividly remember a year they lost to the Bengals. There was a pivotal play where Zach Ertz, a tight end, remind remind you, he's a big guy. He I forget exactly how big, but tight ends are. Big guys, you know? It's kind of like a receiving equivalent of, like, a fullback. Like, they yeah. can run the ball, but their main job is to block. Tight ends, yeah. I guess, block more often than and they And that receive. was the other thing with Zach Ertz, too, is he would catch the... It was a joke. It got to the point he would catch the ball and just basically fall. Like, somehow he would just end up on the ground, like, shortly after catching it. Rarely did he run for yak. Like, you know? Like, yards after catch, if anyone doesn't know what yak is. um, Yeah, no. He wasn't a blocker, but he was great at receiving. But then there's some players who are just dominant blockers. Basically, when you do run a run play, even though run plays have kind of diminished, you want that tight end in because he's basically like a sixth offensive lineman. You know? Mm-hmm. So, I, I I agree. I, I agree to a, to a certain amount on that. But I guess it all depends on the offense, really. Under, yeah. Underused. So, tight end probably would be. I mean, you could say fullback, but that's like extinct now. Yeah, the fullbacks basically were... Is that where the running back position is heading? I don't know if i no, go that far. I, don't, I can't go that far because fullbacks were like <laughs> the lead blockers for the running back. But they did have running ability. They were a little bit... Not all of them were fast. Some were slow. But they were just big brutes. Like, you just... Run them to the gut and like if I'm, they just see if they pop out in the cloud of dust of human I, beings. And I see remember they, when I was a kid, the Jets had a very solid running fullback, Richie Anderson. Richie you know, Anderson. I, he, yeah. I went to the divisional round game against the Colts the, the last time the Jets nice. won the AFC East and they blew out the Colts in a shutout. And Richie Anderson had a touchdown that game, dude. Um, one of the guys that um works at WIP for Philly Sports Radio was John Ritchie. He was uh, on the Raiders and the Eagles, I know. And I like John Ritchie. Um, the, the one fullback everyone goes to and you should go to is Mike Allstott. And if you have time, go to YouTube, type in Mike Allstott Highlights. How do you spell that? Just because I don't even know how to. I... Do, you know, do you remember Mike Allstott at all? I have a feeling I'm going to Google him right now and then be like, oh, yeah, that guy. Mike a L S T O T T. Yes. Okay. Yeah, uh Oh, was he on the first Buccaneers team that won the Super Bowl? Or? Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm pretty sure. I mean why is Mike Allstott not in the Hall of Fame? That was the for, for people also ask that on mm-hmm. Dude, his his highlight wheel should be in the Hall of Fame. Like there's there's like I like I feel like you can make like I think there is a top ten out there from back in the day on like NFL films of like the best highlight wheels. Which are simply like who have, like people like think of guys who have the best highlight reels. Like, not just like, oh, these are just achievements and like moments in their career that were clutch and awesome and, and incredible and like championship worthy and whatever. Sometimes like you just watch them, like, yeah, you have those moments, but really they're just fun to watch. Mike Allstott was fun to watch run people over. Like he would fucking run people over, like a Mac truck. Another another guy that's fun to watch is Barry Sanders for the opposite reason. Barry Sanders would just run around everyone. Well, he, he was a no running one. back. Yeah. Well, no one could catch him, though. Was like, In my he, opinion, he's the greatest running back of he, all time. I think so, too. He retired early, and, you know, we missed out on him. He retired when we were, like, really, four or you know, three. You were probably younger. You're younger than me, so, like, yeah. He retired when we were really young. I first heard him in, like heard of him in one, like one of those backyard sports games backyard was, football maybe yes. that was he was a, he was a monster he was in, in that. that game with Steve Young, Steve Young Jerry Rice Dan Marino Dante Pepper Dante Culpepper was in that was no he? no 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 Randall Cunningham I'm thinking of the other Vikings quarterback Brett anyway. Favre was in it Brett Favre. I remember I was so excited one year when Curtis Martin was in oh that's awesome Curtis, yeah, Curtis Martin, man, he was awesome, too. Yeah, that, oh, we might have to do an episode dedicated to those games, how fun those were. There was a backyard hockey one. I don't know. I never played that one. I think I played it once. Basketball, like, soccer. It had and... Brian Leach, it had Marty Brodeur, I think it had Steve Eisenman, Yarmir Yager, um, Jerome McGinlow, just, just to name a few guys. I had I had baseball, football, basketball, and soccer. hmm and that was that was that was a good one too. The baseball doesn't get beaten. Backyard the, baseball even, was the, the game. The walk-up music for the pros in that in those games was freaking awesome. Like, but um, getting off topic. Off topic, yeah, yeah. So Underused. Um, yeah, tight end is a good one nowadays, but I think it's picking up. It, it's just we need more unicorns like Kelsey Gronkowski, Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, there's some. There's some coming in, man. Well, there's I, some. I got it. Here's a yeah, you know, the, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish had a player that they nicknamed Baby Gronk. Notre Dame's a factory for our tight ends. They are, I will admit, they are very good at picking and up tight ends. I I want to see if you know the answer to this question. Which football player revolutionized the tight end position to what it is today? I mean, I know I know the Eagles have. One. I was one of them. Well, he did play for the Eagles briefly. He was retiring at this point, but he was going through one of the worst slumps of his career. And then he got, then it rejuvenated with, with the Dallas Cowboys, won a Super Bowl when Tom Landry was the coach. Who? I'll give you one more hint. That that championship, in, in with the Cowboys, meant more to him than the one he won in '85, and he truly means that. I can't recall right now. Eighty-five. Wait. So he was a bear. Mike Ditka. Mike Ditka. Mike Ditka. I'm serious. You have to watch the Football Life documentary on Mike Ditka. I'm All serious. Right. He it, was on the Eagles, right? He, yeah, he. Obviously, most of his career was with the Bears. He won an NFL championship or two there, and then you know he got into a big contract spat with George Halas, and then George traded him I don't know if he got traded or released and then he went to the Eagles he might have been traded but you know he was on a downward spiral when he went to the Eagles and he was like retiring as he put described in the documentary then Tom Landry was like you know what I think your best playing days are behind you but if you take a chance on yourself I'll take a chance on you and he helped him win the Super Bowl and then after that he became one of the assistant coaches for the Cowboys and then that led to it him eventually reconciling with George Halas, and then he coached the '85 Bears. That's pretty neat. I didn't even realize yeah, he spent two years there. I was gonna look up right now. Uh, age seventy-three. He made a joke like in the Football Life documentary. You know, talk about your years in Philadelphia. He's like, that's why they're so Philadelphia fans are so angry all the time. So, I have one player. This is a tight end who revolutionized. This is a tight end. Honestly, Harold Carmichael was six foot eight 225 pounds and he averaged i mean you look at those numbers wow from 71 to 83 with the eagles he was just inducted into the hall of fame i believe last year and then of course he spent one fucking year with the cowboys what a what a crock of shit um yeah played in most games uh Couple th, thou- three thousand yard seasons. I mean, it could be seven nine touchdowns. It could be worse, like Darrell Revis. But his best years were on the Jets, and then you see him go yeah. to your rival and win a Super Bowl there. Well, yeah, Harold Carmichael was on the rough years for the Eagles at uh, at that point when but they, when they had the Kelly Green jerseys. Yeah. Oh well, they they had the Kelly Greens until the mid nineties. We were alive for them, but we got them coming back apparently. Yes. Hell yeah. Well, yeah, I guess that's uh, you know, basically wraps up all the fan submitted topics. I guess that's kind of a good transition. You know, you guys apparently are getting the Kelly Green jersey back. You know what? I'm gonna make a quick transition, and we're back. And uh, yeah, for those watching on video, the Jets brought bring this logo back—the old logo they had in like the '80s to like the early '90s with the with the. I thought they had that though last year. It's just they didn't. They didn't no. have this green. They didn't have. They had like a like a no, they had like dark no, this, green. Yeah. Now the Jets, you know, basically released their legacy jerseys and helmets, you know, with their old logo with the wing on it. It looks so sharp. I've wanted this logo to come back for so long. I should have been wearing this hat at the very beginning of the episode. Same with my wedding ring. I grabbed that, too, while I went upstairs. (laughs) Uh, You you could have been hitting on me this whole time. Silicone One, man. That's that's the way to go. But But, yeah, I... The Jets are going to wear the those uniforms. Week 1 against the Bills and Week 4 against the Chiefs. I mean, those are going to be tough matchups. Are they not wearing them against the Giants? Because the Giants, I love those retro ones the Giants brought back with I, the, the full Giants on the side. Yes. I've, I've been saying on Twitter the past few days, like, since the Jets announced it, you know, this, they're playing this year. It's going to be a giant considered yeah. a Giants home game. Yeah. If I'm Woody Johnson, I don't know if there's any rules, like, limiting how many times you can wear a third or retro jersey. But if I'm Woody Johnson... I'm calling the Mara family being like, hey, wear your, bl- wear your throwback j- blue throwback jerseys with Giants on the side right, of the helmet. Yeah. We'll wear our legacy jerseys yeah. for that why week not? eight matchup. I don't see why not. But yeah, I'm trying to go to that game with the wife. Yeah, that'd be cool. I, I know... I know... Um, Look, maybe it's personal bias. I think the Eagles have some of the slickest fucking jerseys in the league, and I actually—I like love J- the Eagles Jets helmet. From... Like the idea of like the wings on the helmet. Well, is screw- I love that. I mean, I used to love the Rams one, but now it just looks so tacky. For oh like, God, now the looks... Vi- the Vikings one. I love uh, the Vikings one. I- I'm okay on the Vikings one, but I can understand. It. I like the horn idea of it. I always never understood what that was, and I was like, oh. Apparently, Vikings didn't actually have horns. But it, but it just, <laughs> but now it's stuck, and it just looks too cool to not put on that helmet. Well, all I know is uh, like the Eagles, the midnight greens, um, the midnight green with the white is the classic. Then you got the the black on white. Then you got the the. They started wearing black pants with white jerseys. I was like, that's pretty tight. And then last year they unveiled the all, like the full murdered out jerseys, as in like just. Black from head to toe, literally the helmet. They never had a black helmet before. Oh, by the way, just over an hour ago, Aaron Rodgers agrees to a two-year, fully guaranteed $75 million contract and restructure with the Jets. Yeah, he's making less money than I think Daniel Jones now. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess he really thinks he's going to win a Super Bowl with this Jets team. I hope so. I've, I've... I saw something on Twitter today. It's like, would you be bummed if he retired early after if he won a Super Bowl? I'm like, if, no. he, would, if he retires after winning a Super Bowl with the Jets, I'll help pay for the statue outside MetLife Stadium of him. If 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 he retires... Let's go with this. Why would you not retire when you're on top? Right, Tom Brady? But <laughs> well, anyway, I did see some MLB news before. I wanted to talk about this when we were talking about the rule changes. Yes. Rob Manfred's gonna be around through oh, I don't 20- want to talk about that through 2029. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. I don't care if he was all the one that thought of the idea. Like, get yeah, yeah. The guy compared their. The guy called their championship trophy a piece of metal. Fuck you, dude. Like you. That's kind of like what I said. Yes, oh, the whole God. episode with Tom. Like the Yankees jersey is. Oh, it's just a jer- just a jersey. I mean. Every fan base looks at their jersey as sacred, but you know. Right, no. But well, then yeah, you're going to get no. me onto the, like, the whole sponsorship on well, jerseys well, thing, well, look, which well, I'm look, not look, going. Look. I, I get, again. I get. You know my thoughts on that. No, I get it, because out of all teams, the Yankees are, like, no joke, when you think of baseball, sorry, you think of the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Cardinals, honestly the Phillies are kind of up there. Hmm. The Athletics, the the, the A for Athletics, when they were in Philadelphia, Yeah, I mean like. These franchises have been around... The Cubs? Yeah. These franchises have been around forever. And and here's the thing that I was actually talking to Sean about, because I'm never bothered by the advertisements. It's more like... A, wasn't the reasoning is like, oh, they could use the revenue or whatever, or something with the advertisements. It's like, you're the fucking New York Yankees. Exactly. You're the... You are one of the most recognizable brands. Yeah, it's this is in a, the world. Th- yeah, my thing is like it's not like over the concept of ads on jerseys. It's more so like just for the top four major sports leagues. Yeah, that. But yeah, everyone who's listened to this podcast for a long time knows my thoughts on that, and I don't feel like getting into it again like i have though so yeah, here and there's a great analogy i thought of but you know what i don't feel like discussing don't, it don't worry jack we'll save don't it for another to, time i don't want you to get into but it but yeah right we now. did a yeah i think we made pretty good time here i mean yeah. if you submitted you know any questions for this episode thank you very much there was one we didn't get to it was submitted by josh blum he just wanted tom to go on a rant Boom. Josh Bloom, he wanted Tom to go on a rant about NASCAR versus F1. We need Tom back here because I actually have something for you, Tom. I have something to show you. All right, you might have to show me, you might have to show me after I hit the stop recording button on this. But anyway, Zach. No, I'm gonna keep it a secret. All right, I'll keep yeah. that in mind. Zach, you got anything else to add? Oh, one thing I forgot in the rules thing because this is an old rule: get rid of the ghost runner. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. That I Fuck absolutely despise. I absolutely despise the ghost rule. Every runner. other rule people complain about, I'm like, shut up. G- get rid of that ghost rule. Remember, runner. he said they were going to get rid of that, and he was like, hey, never no, mind. No, never mind, it's going to happen in the extra innings. Like, that's like no! that's like the NHL, like they do, you know, three on three and then the shootout in the regular season. But yeah. during the playoffs, it's just like, you know, boys have at it. For every, we'll keep doing this every 20 minutes if necessary. But yeah. still, even the regular season, I'm like, dude, this is so stupid. So like, here's the thing. You want, you want to talk about like, you know, taking in the game, being there a little bit longer than two and a half hours. It's like, well, if you didn't have that ghost runner, say the game goes into extra innings. Yeah, you, pro- you actually probably – because you still have to wait for the teams to score. What if it's like a low-scoring game? They were having trouble on offense the whole night. What if it goes to the 12th? It's going to hit three hours. You're going to get your time there, you know? <laughs> like, But now it's like the away team basically has like – it's like the away team ha- can just score at ease. You put the pitcher you yeah, put the if pitcher having- in a pressure situation immediately. Yeah, and if you have a team that has a Neanderthal mindset like the Yankees, you know they're just going to try to hit – Swing for home runs every time instead of you know advancing the runner over, which should should be an easy concept. But no, but yeah, I've I've seen some I've seen some teams do that. Thankfully, at least they're smart enough. I mean, like that's exact. Every that's the thing about it though. You walk in there if you love baseball and you know baseball and you understand how the game works. You walk up to that situation, no outs, man on second. What do I do? Drop a bunt. Exactly, but no one knows how to bunt anymore. But anyway. My final thought: Aaron Judge is suppo- barring any setbacks, supposed to come back this weekend. I mean, I just checked the score of the Yankee you can game. Use it. Check the score of the Yankee game as you know we're recording. Bomb of the first. They have runners on the corners. Geez, please beat the Mets. I know we got on cloud nine because after we got swept by the Angels, we got we swept the Royals, and then it's like oh, it's the Royals. Now you're playing the Mets. You should beat the Mets, but whatever. Both teams are kind of on a downward spiral. Well, the but, Phillies are currently beating the Orioles. Okay. Well, well, thank you for that. Because yes. the Rays have been playing 500 baseball. Yep. The Orioles took advantage. The Yankees didn't. And even if Aaron Judge comes back and by some divine miracle they make, a, make a, a wild card spot, they're not going anywhere. Oh, you have Aaron Judge back. They'll pitch around him. They'll pitch around him. The rest of the lineup stinks. We'll see what happens, dude. You gotta get the wild card first. I mean, you're last right now, aren't you? (laughs) Good luck. But yeah, if you made this far, thank you very much for listening. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, and follow us on YouTube at Fat Nerds Talking Sports. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Funspodcasts and on Facebook at Fat Nerds Talking Sports. This is Jack Knight alongside the Zach Daniels. Have a wonderful night, everyone. Peace.